Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Welcome to the Sports Film Pitch where we bring amazing true stories and pitch them to you as the next great sports movie. I'm your host, Ethan Reese, a sports historian and movie quote expert, and I am bringing you this great combo of sports and movies. We all love sports movies like Rudy, Moneyball, Remember the Titans. And all of these movies are based off true stories, and they all started with a pitch. And that is where we are starting, because there are so many more true stories out there that could be made into the next great blockbuster. We're going to give you the casting so you can visualize these characters as we tell you the amazing story. And then we're going to finish it off with a great parody theme at the end, so stick around. And now is time for the pitch. Casting for Unstoppable, the Anthony Rubles story. Interestingly enough, this movie is actually in the development. Anthony Rubel is in talks with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. His production company is looking to make this into a movie. Now, it hasn't been really fast-tracked or anything done with it more than it's in development. If you know anything about film, it can take years and years and years for a film to be developed, if it even gets to that point. We start with the beginning of the pitch, which is how this movie got into development. It's the next step after the pitch. And that's where this movie kind of stands. It's been that way for years. Will it get made? Will it not get made? I don't know. But we think it's a great story that could be made, and hopefully is our first story that actually gets made into a real-life movie. And casting, maybe the issue. Casting and S, the special effects budget could be part of the issue for this. And now, I'm not going to lie. This is one of my hardest castings I've had to do. How are you supposed to find a biracial, one-legged person? That's just not around. You just don't find that everywhere, right? Okay, first of all, whoever we cast, we don't have to have one leg. We don't have to cut off their leg. I mean, we could probably have to pay a lot, but that's not necessary. We had the technology now, and even back in the day, there was ways they did amputees and different things to show people not having limbs. So there's plenty of camera work and special effects we can do, so we don't need the delay thing. That's very helpful, because I looked, and, and there, there's not a lot of one-legged actors out there. Luckily, that opened up the pool a little bit. But then, you, you get to the point where you got to find an actor that is built. 
that or can look built and that is biracial as well he is african-american and white and so it, it, you gotta find a character that has that or can look like they have that is it, is a challenge okay because one of the challenges in doing these a lot of them when they're younger a lot of well-known actors aren't around and i can give you actors that you know, look exactly like them or young actors that are coming up that could be anything or an actor that you know or an actor that you can picture while i tell this story so a lot of times i'm gonna pick a famous actor over an unknown actor because even though that in a real movie setting the unknown actor might come out ahead when they're casting a movie because it's cheaper or he, he has a better chances in his career or he auditions better. Very true. But I'm not going to give you a guy that you don't know or that you can't picture. Now, this is a guy who's not a household name, you know, but you can picture him because he was in one of the biggest movies of recent memories. The biggest horror movies of all time, you know, one of the biggest of all time. And that actor is Chosen Jacobs. You know who that is? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But Chosen Jacobs, um, his biggest thing on his film resume is It. The movie It with uh, Pennywise the Clown. He was in both one and two of It. He's the, the, the African-American child in, in the story. So you can kind of picture who he is. The reason why it's important that we get a younger actor for this is because we're going to be in high school and college mainly for the story. There's no older things. And actually, Anthony Rubles is only 34 right now. He's not an old person. And there are great actors out there that are in their 30s and 40s that could play this role fantastically. But they're not young. And we're already going to be using all CGI to take out a leg. Do we have to do even more to take out wrinkles and make them look younger like they did in The Irishman for all those characters? I mean, we could. We could. But I want, I want to make it more realistic and give Chosen the chance to take it. So Some of his other filmography, you know, he was in uh, Godfriend and Me. Kind of a, a random, an interesting show concept. It ran for one season in, in 2020. He was also in many episodes of Hawaii Five-0, the more recent one, and Castle Rock, that kind of horror genre show on Hulu, as well, of course, the It series. So he's an up-and-coming actor, and it's really nice to see this, and he's got the built for it. He, he definitely looks like Anthony and has the right kind of skin tone, but he has, he has the build to put on muscle. If you think young African actor, African American actor, you're going to go towards the the kid from Stranger Things. I get that, but I looked into that. You know, and he doesn't really look like Anthony. He doesn't have the right skin tone, and he doesn't look like he can put on muscle because Anthony is a ball of muscle. <laughs> he really is. He is all muscle, and that's what wrestlers normally are. So we need a guy that's all muscle and. Chosen really is that person. So just so you can kind of get that picture, get that look. And in the It movies, he's very calm and, you know, very reserved. And Anthony is kind of that way. He's kind of in himself a little bit. He's a kid that's been bullied. He's a kid that's been 
had so many challenges and he's not going to be super outgoing. Wrestling really gave him the option to really come out of his shell. And we can do that with Chosen because we've seen that before. We've seen him have that arc in the It movies. And he's got the right height and the right demeanor. And I think it's going to be a great option for this movie. So let's take Chosen, Jacobs, as Anthony Rubel into the unstoppable movie and let's get ready for the trailer and the pitch one man one leg one dream to become the champion that no one thought he could be sports film pitch presents unstoppable the anthony rubles story So we begin the movie when Anthony's born. But th this is kind of important to kind of set up everything because it was unexpected that he would be born without a, a leg. I know you think nowadays with all the ultrasounds you do and all the tests you do, you could see this. And yeah, he's not that old, but it was, you know, it was 1988. So you didn't really have an ultrasound unless it was absolutely needed you were having issues with the pregnancy. And there was no issues with the pregnancy. And his mom, Judy, was only 16. So a very young teenage mother. And the moment he was born, they take him away. They don't let her see him, which is very worrisome. You can see the worry in her She's all alone. I mean, her parents are there, but she's all alone. There's the, the dad is not there. They're all worried because the baby's born. You hear it cry, and they take it away. Because they see there's only one leg. There's no reason behind it. There's no condition behind it. Just It was one of those things that happens sometimes. It happens and they can't explain it. Because pregnancy is so delicate of a, a thing. We don't want to lose any pregnancies. That we don't do so many tests on pregnant women. Because we don't want them to lose the pregnancy. So you don't do experiments. You don't do a whole lot of research you don't want to mess with the child a lot of these things that happen we don't get a research and you don't know what's going to happen till afterwards we don't know why anthony was born with one like we don't but at least we know he's healthy everything else he's healthy there's no issues anywhere else it is a it's a clean it's all the way up to the hip there's no extra part or extra bone or anything like that which is important because as he gets older closer to five you know they they try to give him prosthetic leg they'll try to help him walk fit in a little bit more but it's very heavy bulky uncomfortable because it's got to go all the way up to his hip there's nothing to attach to and most amputees are able to walk with a prosthetic you know that it's cut off at the knee or there's at least something to attach to an extra bone or something. That Those ones work a lot better than ones that go all the way to hip. Because you're compensating for so much more than just if you're at the knee. It's uncomfortable and he just immediately hides it. He does not want this. He does not want it around. He hides it in the house and he will not use it. He'd rather be on his crutches. And he moves really great with his crutches. And crutches is going to be a thing 
that are in the movie and become like kind of a secondary thing that like oh why is he so good because he's been on crutches his whole life you may ask why does that mean you're good well wrestling grip strength is so important and when he walks at any point in his life he is gripping on to the crutches every single time so he's built up finger strength that a normal average person is not going to have because they don't have to be on crutches all the time anytime they move but Anthony is able to do that and it's able to help him in his transition into being a great wrestler and we can show other things of him as a kid one of the things they say is you know he has always had great upper body strength they show him climbing up a flagpole 50 feet up in the air climbs up the flagpole no problem has that great grip strength that we talked about and upper body strength for a kid that's crazy now there is something that we'll go into as well that not having that leg makes him about 16 percent lighter than the average person for whatever size he is one leg is about 16 percent of your body weight and that causes you to have a little less weight in anything you do I know most of us need to lose weight, but we don't want to lose a leg to have to lose weight. It's not usually what we mean. He shows his strength there. And later on, when he gets to sixth grade, he shows his strength by setting the school record for push-ups. He is just a strong individual, upper body-wise. When he's sitting down, you see him, he looks young, fit, ready to go. You would have no idea that he doesn't have a leg. And he tries to just downplay it. You know, you can't just downplay that. And so he goes through bullying. He's going to deal with these bullies throughout his life. And, you know, his family is very close with him. He does end up having three siblings. When he's about two, his mom ends up marrying this guy named Ron, who basically becomes his dad. He, he only knows Ron as his dad. And it's great. You know, he has that father figure because he never meets his real dad. And that father figure is there, but, you know, also very mean and very controlling. And their family is in an abusive life. Yes, it allowed him to have siblings and allowed him to have a bigger family. But it also invited that pressure. So his family is very close to him and his one of his cousins, you know, sees that he's being bullied sees this and says hey i'm a wrestler i love it and it's gonna get you confidence it's gonna make you better and you know it'll help with the bullies not only will it allow you to be able to maybe fight them off but also give you a status in the school because you will be an athlete and athletes are cooler (laughs) which sadly is still the case to this day the athletes are viewed as cooler. He takes him up on it. And his freshman year, he goes out for the wrestling team. The year Anthony actually goes out for wrestling, man, he is not even 100 pounds. He's 90 pounds soaking wet. I don't know where that phrase comes. It sounds weird. But he's 90 pounds. And so that's even lower than the lowest weight class. So he's about, lowest weight class is about 100 pounds. So he's even lower than that. So he's light, he doesn't know what he's doing, only has one leg, and so he struggles his first year. 
just really struggles. He does end up winning a few matches here and there. Could be luck. Could be that guys were freaked out like they're wrestling a guy with one leg. Who knows what it could be. But he does end up winning a little bit. But he finishes last in the city tournament. Just to kind of give you an idea of how he's doing overall. He's not doing very well. He, he struggles, but he, he enjoys it because it allows him to come out of his shell. It's the first time he really shows off that he only has one leg. Because when you're wearing that singlet, you really show off that you only have one leg. Because it's not much to the imagination with a singlet. So we show him struggling there. And then here's where it really makes a difference. He goes up to the best wrestler on the team. A guy that ends up you know, going to state. And his name is Chris Priyehi. And Chris weighs 60 more pounds than him. He's a 152 wrestler. And that's a lot more than Anthony weighs. But come to find out, you know, over time, that's about what Anthony's weight class would be if he had two legs. So that is good that he reached out to this guy. But he's also the, the best wrestler on the team. He, he asks him to teach him, to show him how to do everything. And, you know, this guy's a little bit of an upperclassman. And, you know, he beats the crap out of him. Not like in a bullying way, but, you know, constantly going at him, training him, pushing him to be better. You can take that two ways. You could take that as just being devastated and never going back. That, that could be one way. But Anthony, stop. he doesn't stop. He continues to come back for more and more and more. It, Chris just continues to pummel on him every day, day after day after day. He would create these elaborate things. So in this training montage we can have with Chris and Anthony, you know, you have him losing and losing and losing and losing and losing, you know, and also show him pushing a truck over speed bumps in the parking lot. And that is something that actually happened. We cut between him losing and pushing the truck, him losing and pushing the truck. You cut back and forth. And Anthony just keeps losing. You're like, what? Why is he just continuously coming back? Until one day, kind of at random, he ends up in this position on a tripod kind of position, where he's got one knee down in both his hands, because he only has one knee, and that works out well for him, and he becomes stable. That's his biggest issue. He's not ever been stable. He's always been strong. He won the push-up contest, and you know he's been able to shimmy up flagpoles, but He's never been stable. That was his issue. And he realizes he gets done there and Chris can't move him. And this would be the end of the montage where he realizes, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can stand my ground like this. Not get pinned, but stand my ground like this. And that's when he really takes off. And we can continue the montage through his high school career, sophomore year, he, he begins to lower his stance and he continues to grow and show him winning match after match after match. And when all of them, he finishes sixth in the whole state. Finishing last in the city the year before, sixth in the whole state the next year. And then we show him the next year in his junior year, doing better and better and better in this montage until he gets to the state. And he wins state that year. And then we go to the next year in this montage. Long montage. I mean, hey, sports movies, we love the montage. So this long montage goes into his senior year where he goes, he wins city, he wins state, and he wins nationals. And you're like, whoa, how's the movie not in there? Because it's not done. 
because he gets knocked down again and he builds his boy back up. So you would think, after winning the national championship in high school, being a two-time state champion in Arizona, he'd be getting contacted from schools all over. He had his wish list, Iowa, Oklahoma State, and Columbia. Now, Iowa and Oklahoma State, they are two of the most historic wrestling programs of all time, have the most championships. Hands down, they are the best wrestling programs around. So, of course, they're on his list. And Columbia, more for the educational part, being part of the Ivy League as well. He doesn't hear from any of them. In fact, he barely hears from anybody. He only gets two offers from Division I schools. He is the national champion, and he only gets two offers. And the, re the reason given by these coaches and, and programs at the time is they didn't know how to train a one-legged athlete. They didn't know how that would translate or if they thought it was a gimmick. They just didn't, they didn't know what to do and how to train that. And they also thought it would hinder their other athletes to have to wrestle a one-legged athlete that they wouldn't have to wrestle anywhere else. He gets offered Drexler, a school up in the Midwest. And he's, of course, in Arizona, in Arizona State. And Drexler's giving him room and board in Arizona State. He's just offering partial scholarship. So his mom wants him to go to Drexler, but he wants to stay home near his mom. Now, remember, their home life isn't the greatest, and it's a struggle. So he, he wants to be around his family. And he ends up taking a part-time job just to make ends meet to be on Arizona team. And he gets redshirted his freshman year. But that doesn't mean he doesn't do anything. That year, he also finishes sixth in the FILA Junior World Championships freestyle wrestling category. He's competing in world championships. He didn't win, obviously. He finished sixth. But he's still competing and not just sitting around relaxing he's getting himself ready for his true freshman year and then boom another issue arizona state decides to drop their wrestling program because they need to cut 26 million dollars from their athletic budget wrestling's not a money-making sport it's actually one of those money losing sports most college sports are money losing sports they rely on the major sports of football and basketball to bring in money and revenue and if they're not bringing in revenue, you're kind of in a bind with your other sports as well. And this is one of those sports. So he's down about that. He doesn't know what to do. Should he transfer? What should he do? He's like, I just wasted a year on red shirt. And now I lost the wrestling team. Is there, like, he didn't do anything the year he redshirted. So transferring, even though he was just the national championship two years ago, he didn't hear any offers. So why would anyone want to have him? now anyway and that year also his abusive father stepfather but the only father he's ever known runs away with another woman to california leaves him his three other siblings and his mom alone at this point he just wants to quit everything why wrestle it's not bringing him money it's not bringing him what he thought maybe if he was at oh iowa or oklahoma state he would be more apt because this is the greatest program but Arizona State it's just a average program nothing big nothing that stands out nothing great you know his mom is depressed not only did her husband leave her 
and her kids with a mortgage she can't afford. He left with someone else. That can be very devastating and just a challenge. But she pushed her son to go back into wrestling. Do not give up on this. This is what you dream. This is what you put years of your life into. Don't give up. You have a dream to be national championship in college. Let's get that dream. So through benefactors and some budgeting, they're able to bring back the wrestling team to Arizona. They decide to keep it and it's reinstated and he comes back and then he ends up the year 25 and 11 and just barely is not named named honorable mention for the All-American team. In his second year, he goes 29 and 8 and becomes an All-American, wins the Pac-10 conference title and finishes fourth at the NCAA championship that year. So Obviously, we're going into this montage again of him, you know, excelling like he did in high school. And, you know, we're going to have issues where he's challenged because he's got to work. He's got to help support his family, help support his mom, his siblings, and everything that's going on in his life. He's got so much pressure. In his junior year, he doesn't excel. Yeah, he wins more matches and he goes 32-4 and four that year. Wins the Pac-10, but only finishes 7th at the NCAA Champions. So we come to his senior year, all is left on the line. All the struggle, all he's ever wanted is there for the team. And he is not going to let it pass him by. You know, we'll go through the montages of the season, him knocking down competitors after competitors after competitors. And we'll come to the 2011 NCAA championships. We're going to post the bracket. You know, everyone loves the bracket in college basketball. So we'll post the bracket they actually have for college wrestling. Be interesting to do one. Probably would fail every time if I did. Like I do with the basketball one. So he comes into this match. The first time he's ever been the top seed. He's the top wrestler for his weight class that year. And on the end, other end of the bracket, we have his nemesis, Matt McDonough, the previous champion from last year. So they're looking down each other, getting ready to face in the finals. They're one and two. So if they went out, they're going to face each other in the finals. And we just go through the montage of him knocking down one after another. Boom, 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 boom. And then we come to the final where he's matched up with McDonough from Iowa, the school that didn't even contact giving him even more motivation for this moment. His whole life has been waiting for this moment. We can kind of build up like the weigh-in. They do a weigh-in, not like they do in UFC or boxing where it's all this publicity and stuff. It's normally behind closed doors, but we can make this kind of more of a important thing. This is the finals. This is the championship. So we're going to have a press conference where they're talking, they're ready, and he's going to announce this is his last match. He's not going to continue to wrestle international where they have professional, real wrestling. Not what we have here. Sorry, the WWE. Let's get it on! No. It's not real wrestling. I am almost positive, though, that was not said. They probably did reach out to Anthony after because any gimmick they can do, you know they're going to do it. He says this is the end of his career. He's going to go on a motivational speaking career after this. And ends up commentating 
after this for the NCAA championships the year after this from now on. He's looking for a career that's not athletic-based. He doesn't even want to try out for the Olympics. Now, there's actually some reasons why he might not want to try out for the Olympics. You're like, well, wouldn't you want to win gold? Well, maybe he doesn't win gold. And Olympic wrestling is different than NCAA wrestling. And then he would also have to pass the option of being in that wrestling. Many people, we haven't gone into this, have protested him wrestling because he has an advantage has 16% like we said less weight due to his legs so he's bigger stronger in his upper body than anyone else in his weight class because he doesn't have to deal with these challenges that others have to deal with the weight issues we come to the match screen says Philadelphia we're in a stadium 17,000 people watching the championship match the ref blows a whistle and of course Anthony goes down on one knee and McDonough follows they grapple for a little bit until Rubles finally gets his grip on McDonough and he drives him down to the mat he does this over and over again until he finally pancakes flattens McDonough down and this continues throughout the whole match Anthony dominates, winning the match 7-1. to one. He is the champion. In the final scene of the movie, we show him standing there, spotlighted, with the ref holding up his hand, declaring him the national champion. And we fade to black and bring up the end of the movie with the words, Anthony Rubel won the 2011 national championship for the 125 pound weight class and was voted most outstanding wrestler in the entire tournament later he went on to be a commentator for the ncaa championships and now makes a career telling his story around the world as a motivational speaker helping the others reach their dreams and that is unstoppable thank you for listening to the sports film pitch if you like the show share it with a friend And the more we grow, the more great stories we can bring you. If you know a great sports story that hasn't been made into a movie or hasn't got its just dues, you can let us know at the Sports Film Pitch on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on SportsFilmPitch.com. Please subscribe to wherever you listen to. You can go to the website and find where all the apps we are. And if we're not on your app, let us know. We're a believer in giving back. And we're going to donate a portion of any money we generate from this podcast to a sports charity. If you have a sports charity that you are involved in and you love to be a part of, let us know. Right now, we're going to be donating to the Special Olympics, which is an organization I have been a part of basically my entire life. And I love to be a part of and I love their mission. So again, let us know. Talk to us. We want to be involved. We want you to help. If there's a casting you like, if there is a story out there, if there's a charity out there, let us know everything. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you again on the next episode.
Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.